You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Play Fantasy Spaceball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. We are now a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here, joined by a man whose milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. And damn right, it's better than yours. It's Eric Mendelson, a.k.a. The Doc. What's going on? I think that was a compliment. Yeah, I didn't it really. Sa- it, no sounds, it sounds like it was a compliment, but David, you don't give me compliments, so I'll take it as an insult. I don't know. Sometimes I feel bad, and I, I say, maybe I should throw a compliment this week to him. You do uh, it all off air, off air for the people that actually think you're like this to me all the time. <laughs> it's kind of our shtick, but uh, I, yeah, I guess you could take that either way, but you bring the attention regardless. So it's a, it's a good thing in that sense. That um, means I'll have to flash my nipples next time we go live. Probably. Uh, what's been going on, man? What's new? Uh, not much. Uh, it's weird talking with you and not hearing a mature cheesecake voice on here. It's kind of like you and I talk on the phone every day, but now we're recording it and people are going to hear it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Our, our conversations have a wide range of directions they can go in. Uh, so I, it's it's my guess we're, while we're without cheesecake where some of the directions could go. So <laughs> we'll just, we'll just strap ourselves in and be ready for anything. Honestly, like I could bring up how that you threw a gutter ball when you went bowling a few weeks ago and it looked pretty bad. Uh, you weren't there. And then I bowled a one forty. So I just saw a video of you throwing a gutter ball and that's all that remains in my memory. All I know is a video of you getting so scared that your legs give out. That's really old news. So that's a, a way deep pull there. But anyway, on today's episode, we have fantasy baseball's most traded. As we're getting to that th- one third mark of the year, trades and leagues are really picking up. While NFBC, there is no trading. Plenty of home leagues and competitive leagues have been wheeling and dealing, wondering if you should buy or sell on these guys long term. We have 10 of the most traded names across all leagues, according to CBS.com, CBSSports.com. So we'll using those to help you determine what kind of value you can expect from the guys moving forward. And we're going to be doing that today with the mayor of fantasy baseball, Yancey Eaton, and pitcherless member and my inspiration, Chris Weber, a.k.a. Schwebzy. Make sure you stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, which MLB player do you think has the nicest house? That's actually might have been one of the best questions of the week when you see the answers that come from that. And of course, our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah. Well, that's not my news drop. Wait a second. Where is my news drop? 
Wow, David, you're messing up today. There we go. Yeah, that was all that was right with the world. Okay. The Nationals announced they've placed Steven Strasburg on the 10-day IL list due to the next strain. The MRI revealed a nerve irritation in Strasburg's neck. He'll rest and rehab the injury for now. No timeline has been given for when he'll return. Uh, obviously, he has not been healthy uh, or looked good since his World Series run with the Nats a couple years ago. The Mariners placing right-hander Justin Dunn on the IL retroactive to June 1st with inflammation in his right throwing shoulder. Dunn doesn't sound overly concerned with the injury, telling Mariners television crews that his shoulder just didn't bounce back and he'd expect to make his next start. Dunn has been pretty solid this year with a 3.18 ERA uh, and high-end bottom-line production from him. Kyle Lewis, on the other hand, staying with the Mariners, will go for a second opinion on his injured knee. He's currently has a meniscus tear in that knee. And if Lewis is indeed forced to miss uh, any more time by undergoing the knife or going under the knife, excuse me, be a brutal development for him as he's been plagued by injuries in that knee for his entire professional career. Remember, he did tear his ACL shortly after being drafted in 2016, and it's continued to bother him over the next few seasons. So I don't know what you can expect right now for Kyle Lewis the rest of 2021. He was hitting 262. Uh, and coming off a Rookie of the Year award. I think he is safe to right now drop and redraft. Madison Bumgarner is going on the IL with discomfort in his left shoulder. Uh, he has not been pitching. Uh, he's been pitching through the injury the last two to three weeks, and Bumgarner himself said, perhaps not coincidentally, that uh, it is something that he might be a little concerned about. His last four starts have been absolutely disastrous. After he kind of flipped a switch uh, against the Nationals, and it seemed like the velocity was back, at that time, he had a 0.9 ERA with incredible strikeout and walk numbers, 32% strikeout rate and 1.9% walk rate. Um, over the last five outings, he has a 10.13 ERA and looked a completely different picture. Uh, so I don't know what you can expect from Bumgarner going forward, but right now he's on the IL. And in 12-team and under leagues, I think you're okay dropping him. 15s, if you have the space, I might think about holding him. And he can't blame that on an AV incident. No, he can't. You're right. Very right about that. Some Twins news. The Twins announced they've recalled catcher Ryan Jeffries and outfielder Gilberto Celestino. Catcher Mitch Garver went on the 10-day IL with a severe groin contusion. While utilitarian <sighs> Rob Ref Snyder, yeah, has been placed on the seven-day concussion IL. Garver did go undergo surgery. He was struck with a foul tip a couple days ago. Uh, so it does not sound very good for him. They said he might miss just a few weeks, but I... I'm kind of skeptical with that type of thing that's going to be longer than that. Michael Pineda felt tightness in his forearm and could miss some time potentially, uh, which might explain his subpar outing against the Orioles in his last start. Diamondbacks ace Zach Gallen threw at 90 feet today, and he's scheduled to throw a bullpen session to truly begin the road back to the active roster. Fernando Tatis left uh, the game on Monday against the Cubs in the sixth inning. Apparently, it was a uh, precautionary move because of oblique tightness. He was expected to be back in the San Diego lineup tonight. I do not see if they've been if they've played yet, but that is the expectation that he would be back in, for Thursday's game. There is no structural damage to Trevor Story's elbow. The star shortstop MRI came back clean, so the Rockies are looking to have him back as early as next Tuesday. The Cardinals will place Jack Flaherty on the 10-day IL, but the news is much worse than that. According to MLB.com's Jeff Jones, Flaherty suffered a significant oblique injury, and there is no timeable for his return. The initial is at least is, at least until after the All Star break. Yeah, I would think that he's he's definitely on the shelf until the All Star break, probably after. 
Uh, when you see a severe oblique injury, that is not something that looks very positive. You're looking at maybe a grade two or grade three. So you're not going to be with him or be without him for a little while. At the I'm thinking end. of the Cole Hamels injury a couple of years ago when he was with the Rangers and he was warming up and he strained his oblique and he was out eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. So you're probably looking at a multi-month absence from him. So it's a devastating blow for those that had Flaherty as one of their top starters in the league. Flaherty did have a 290 ERA and a 368 FIP in 62 innings. And he's allowed more fly balls than usual with a career low 36.3 percentage ground ball rate. But he is does have a 11.7 home run to fly ball percentage, which is the lowest of his career. So you, he was performing about what you would expect from him in seasons past. The Athletics have placed outfielder Ramon Laureano on the 10-day IL with a strained right hip, retroactive to May 28th. The Brewers placed outfielder Lorenzo Kane on the 10-day IL with a strained right hamstring and recalled interesting outfielder Tyrone Taylor to take his place. Some Marlins news. Imaging showed a fractured finger in shortstop Miguel Rojas's hand. While talented young right-hander Sixto Sanchez once again had to be shut down from his throwing program after feeling discomfort between bullpen sessions. Sanchez, the latest setback is yet another disheartening development as the promising young righties uh, basically been shut down multiple times. And the Marlins, I think, were hoping to have him this year. But at this point right now, I'm not expecting that you're going to see him in 2021. Right now, he's out indefinitely. And with the Marlins most likely not going to be contending this year, I don't see them rushing him back. If you have him in any type of redraft league, I'm, I'm dropping him. Dynasty, he's fine, but uh, I would not expect to see him pitching in 2021. And, and the last bit of news here, I, have, I would be remiss if I did not mention the Marcelo Zuna incident. He was arrested uh, a few days ago in Sandy Springs, Georgia, on charges of aggravated assault, strangulation, and misdemeanor battery, family violence. According to WSB-TV's Miles Garrett and ESPN.com's Jeff Passan, Passant provides a transcript of the police report detailing the allegations. Ozuna is expected to be investigated by the league under the provisions of the MLB and the MLBPA's joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. Now, uh, Michael Seiden of WSB-TV Channel 2 News in Atlanta obtained an arrest uh, affidavit, which provides additional details on the highly troubling incident. Of note, the court filings indicate that the strangulation was witnessed by an officer upon arrival at the scene I don't think the question is right now for 2021 because I think you can safely drop him from your team in 2021. And it, and it goes without saying that no one should be supporting outside of fantasy baseball. This, this is an absolute scum move. This is not a good human being for doing laying his hands on anybody, let alone his his uh, wife at the time. Um, so that goes without saying. But for fantasy baseball purposes, drop him from your team in 2021. Doc, do you see, do you see him ever playing in the bigs again? Unfortunately, yes. And I say that because talent always outweighs what happens unless there's video. He should never play again. I think we can all agree on that. And hopefully he's prosecuted to the full extent and it serves whatever time he does. He's a talented player and he just signed a four-year contract, which once again, is really stupid on his part, considering that he was in line to make a lot of money. But I think if a team does sign him, it shows that winning overcomes all morals. As I said, he should never play another game again. That spot is deserving for someone that's a good human, a good citizen, someone that respects women. And, you know, I guess time will tell. 
Yeah. I mean, I, right now they said there's like a minimum of a three-year sentence potentially on the table here. And also having an, os- an officer see um, see it in person, I, I'm I'm skeptical. I mean, bringing a name up, Felipe Rivero, um, when that stuff came out a few years, I don't even want to talk about what it was. But when that came out, you knew he wasn't playing again. And let alone, I think he got charged in like 26 counts or something in the last month or two. I could see him not playing again, honestly. I really could. I think that I, I'm going to go on record and say he's never playing in another major league game again. I hope you're right. All right. Well, not to weigh down with all this bad news, but if you like hearing me in the dock every single week, of course, we appreciate you. But we also appreciate for those that don't listen every week to click that subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. And if you want to never miss a show, uh, that subscribe button will make sure that we pop in your feed every single week. If you want to hear more triple play, of course, we got the fantasy football and basketball shows you can check out available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about hooking up us up with a five-star rating and review? Check us out on all our socials at Trip Play Fantasy and the website tripplayfantasy.com. You'll see Doc, of course, on Twitter tweet about things you don't care about, but he gets interaction, of course, somehow. I don't know. David you all, Salty. You'll also see tons of articles, videos, podcasts, and some movie reviews, movie minutes, of course, what we call them here. Uh, all that great stuff is available on the website and, of course, the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube. So check all that good stuff out. And remember, if you're looking for a podcast that can make you feel like you can giggle, like you were back in the third grade 20 years ago, then look no further than this podcast right here because I'm telling you, you might just change your life. And we're going to jump right into Fantasy Baseball's Most Traded with Yancey Eden and Schwebzy right after this quick break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everybody, welcome into another show. Welcome into another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Pumped to have a great crew with me tonight. Of course, you know the guy on my right, the doc. We don't care about him. We'll talk to him later. Uh, I got to introduce the two important people that are on the bottom of the screen for you guys. To I'm sure you guys already know them, but I want to give them the proper introduction for this show. So the first guy you see on the bottom left, we welcome in a man that's been compared to a shark fin spoiler on top of your favorite car. The mayor of Fantasy Baseballville, where he's not just the spirit ambassador, but he's my personal spirit animal. I say that knowing he can accept how odd I am with his with this personal intro for him. The king of the Rachel McAdams gift, husband to Malika. It's your favorite Fort Myers realtor who serves out the fantasy knowledge, leaving you feeling like a soft served dessert. Yancey Eaton. What's going on, man? Thank you so much for having me. It's always super embarrassing as I sit here. I'm like that like socially awkward kid who's like waiting to <laughs> blow out the candles just kind of waiting and it's really awkward, but um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this or if you remember from the last time that we recorded, uh, I'm actually inside my home, uh, which yeah. is the first for me for podcasting. My wife actually let me record inside uh, mainly because it's hot as balls inside the uh, the garage, but also uh, my dog just cries and it's just, it's a whole thing if he's not with me and she doesn't want him hot. So I, I don't really think it's about me so much as it is about the dog, but uh, that's a really long intro. That's super clunky, but uh, happy to be here. And uh, you guys look really cute. What else can I say? I, uh, I miss cheesecake. (laughs) 
Yeah, no cheesecake for tonight for a little bit, but he'll be back. But that's why we had to bring you guys in because, uh, again, we need to pick up the slack here. Nog doesn't bring enough knowledge for uh, for just to bring one guest <laughs> on. So that's why we brought, of course, our friend Yancey. And then I got to introduce the handsome gentleman, the bottom right of the screen right there. We welcome in a man that it would not be a stretch to call him my inspiration. A recently married man to a now Mrs. Schwebsey, you can catch him co-hosting the In the Deep Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Pitcherless Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a gamer as he twitches. He loves dingers as he's the home run hitter in tonight's lineup, and he's the dreamiest set of eyes in the fantasy baseball industry. It is mm-hmm. the one and only Schwebsey. What's going on? Hey, uh, that is like the six nicest things anybody's ever said about me. <laughs> so thank you i mean that that pretty much covers anything there's not much to me that that's that's it there's there's a podcast there's a wife and that's yeah that's it uh, i i feel like uh i feel like both yancy and i are kind of in the same boat like we should be we should be introduced like as our significant others husbands like they're 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 <laughs> yeah. first and then we come <laughs> afterwards david you are a professional kiss ass <laughs> it, it's it's on my resume if you would look at it so i will say perfect. it truly it truly is painful to just kind of sit here and like wear it like that's me yeah. you know like like yeah you know what it's like it's like you're at a hibachi place and like they're coming out to sing you happy birthday and you're like oh no this is this is going to be the worst 30 <laughs> seconds of my life i just imagine just smile. David, just i just smile. imagine david making the the duck face when he's getting ready to kiss ass I guess, but uh, when Shubsy, when you when you said that, that actually just put me in the first person thing about it, and I, I was just like, "Oh God, that must just be absolutely miserable." But I, what can I say? I get so pumped to have you guys on the show that I just mm-hmm. have to express myself. So uh, I can't imagine two better guys to Kiss be with us tonight <laughs> to talk about today's burning topic that is just all over Twitter right now. Well, it's not really, but I'm pretending it is, and that's the fantasy baseball's most traded and yes a beautiful graphic done by our guy toby there Uh, so are you done are you can i can i talk without you interrupting me (laughs) as stop as soon as you stop kissing ass of course okay well we're about the one-third mark of the season trades and leagues are picking up while nfbc leagues of course there's no trading plenty of home leagues and competitive leagues around the world are wheeling and dealing and wondering if they should be buying or selling what we're dishing out here tonight. So luckily, we have some of the best bargain hunters in the game to tell you what they think of these 10 most wanted traded players across the fantasy baseball landscape. Fellas, are you ready to give some hard-hitting analysis that that people crave? So ready. Uh, I mean, I have analysis. I I don't know how (laughs) hard-hitting it's going to be, but... This isn't my area. Like we do, like on in the deep, we do like twenty percent and owned and under. So mm-hmm. I don't know who any of these players are. I'm really excited to learn about them for the first time. Yeah, that's right. You guys really hit on the shallowest of the shallow guys. So you can like, it's like now you can dive into the to the twelve foot pool. Now there's like so much water here that you don't even know what to do with it, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. All right. Well, let's start off with our first guy here, and he is one of the most traded guys. That is Dane Dunning. Looking at his page, you get those Mr. Freeze-type vibes. It's all blue. He's been a, a meh pitcher so far this season, a 4.67 ERA. Does have a 3.0 FIP, respectable 24.5K percentage. He's getting hit hard at about a 45% hard hit rate and an X-slug of 4.26. Now, if you have Dunning, 
are you trying to move him? Or if you see Stunning is on someone's team, is he a, a buy low target for you, Yancey? Uh, this is the textbook example of a pitcher I absolutely have zero interest in. The strikeouts aren't there. The whip is out of control. This is the, I, I've seen him actually on the free agent wire, wire a couple of times, and I'm just kind of looking at him, wondering if I should pick him up. Uh, he kind of has like younger uh, Dallas Keuchel vibes to me. I just don't mm. see where the upside is there. Uh, one thing we need to talk about with these most traded lists is there's a lot of really good players on here, and there's players that were obvious uh, by lows, right? Like in Austin Meadows a month ago before he commenced to setting the entire league on fire and, and led all the American League in RBI and homered again tonight as we're recording this, which is really cute. Um, <laughs> but then there's also, you have to take into consideration, we're seeing players like a Dane Denning, I think, where a lot of his movement is predicated on the fact that maybe he has more long-term value or keeper value and people are looking to move assets and he's like a throw-in in a trade. I think that's kind of the situation that we're seeing right here. Uh, in redraft, I don't have any interest. I think he's going to be an absolute whip killer and I just don't see what the upside is. So I'm kind of staying away from him. Schwebzy, how are you feeling about my alter ego, Dane Dunning? So this this list of guys that we have, is this in order of like most traded to least traded? Yes, yes. So Dane Dunning is the number one most traded player in fantasy. This was accorded, according to CBS.com uh, for their elite, That's, yes. Yeah, because like the first two words in my notes are why though. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't understand why Dane Dunning is traded so frequently. Like I'm, yeah. I'm thinking maybe like, because like two starts ago, he faced the Angels and got absolutely annihilated, right? It was like ref- like regression was looming and it just decided to all, you know, hit him at once. I'm wondering if people were just selling high before that start because I just can't imagine wanting to trade for him. There's an interesting player here because in theory, someone with a good sinker and secondaries that get whiffs can be a good player. And he absolutely does get whiffs on his slider and changeup, But the sinker which he throws like 55 percent of the time gets hit really hard and if you're a sinker baller that doesn't get soft contact on your sinker that's not really good so i'm i'm pretty disinterested yeah i think this is kind of like we said a, a meh kind of guy he's probably on the free agent wire in a lot of 12 team and under leagues and it's it's somebody that you're not too excited about so it sounds like hey if he's on not on my team i'm not trying to get him even if there is some positive you know, again, with the fifth, it shows that there is some potential uh, positive regression coming, but sounds like everybody's out on Dane Dunning. Streamer upside. Okay. All right. He's in the streamer category. Don't worry about him. Let's move on then to our next guy on this list, and that is Mr. Charlie Blackman. And I will preface that all these guys' stats were as of June 2nd, obviously yesterday. When I wrote up this everything, and now it looks like every single player on this list went off. So <laughs> it will be one day dated here. But uh, the days they knew we were talking are... about them, huh? I said they knew we were talking about them, so they yeah, performed yeah. well. I guess it means just hit me up with whoever's on your fantasy team, and I'll put them on this list so they can perform. But uh, Charlie Blackman, the days of him being a superstar seems like it's over. Going into today, he had three homers and zero steals, so the stolen base upside is completely gone. The ground ball percentage is way up. Line drive rate completely way down. The exit velocity is in line with his career norm. K-rate is actually a career low, and he's walking more than ever. This also looks good as his O-contact has gone up while his chase percentage has gone down, and he went from hitting 184 in April to 310 in May. So, Schwebzy, I want to start with you on this guy. Charlie Blackman, I guess he's starting to get hot now. So maybe the window's starting to close. Do you think he's a buy low guy? 
So I have a I have a weird thing with Charlie Blackman where like I, I think like a couple years ago he started off like a first half really poorly and I, at that point I wrote him off and I have not like let him back into my head since. I just I, I have it in my head that he's washed and then I look at his Statcast page and it's like all red. I'm like oh I guess he's not. And then mm-hmm. five minutes later I'm like he's washed. But uh, <laughs> no, he's he's really 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 good at one specific thing and that is putting the ball in play. It used to be putting the ball in play with power, but that power seems to have evaporated a bit. So now what we've got is someone who sprays the ball all over the place, which is still fine in Coors Field. But uh, this is a guy that I I think he stole like 40 bases at one point. He's been a 30 plus home run guy before. uh, And you're not getting either of those things anymore. So if you need batting average on your team, which uh, I think the league batting average nowadays is like 230. So uh, everyone probably needs batting average. He's a good guy to target if you need that one specific thing, but uh, I don't think you're getting much else out of him at this point. Yeah, that's a good way to put it right now. He's just kind of empty batting average. The power, again, three homers going today, so it's not like that had been there. Doc, you were a Charlie Blackman fanatic for a lot of his career. What do you, how do you feel about Charlie Blackman? I mean, I would buy low on him if you can. He's actually somebody I've been targeting. I mean, he's hit 300 and four of that of the last five years. He's hit 280 the last nine years. Figure that batting average is going to go up. It was 250 before today. It's at 262 now. Never been a huge strikeout guy walking at a career high rate. Actually has the hardest, the highest hard hit percentage of his career. I mean, you look at the Rockies lineup, Trevor Story out, Nolan Arenado traded. He doesn't have much around him. I think you buy low with the idea that he could get traded to a contender. You put him in a good lineup. I mean, we see how Arenado's doing this year, being out of course field. We've seen DJ LeMayu do it. I think just because he doesn't play half of his games in Colorado doesn't mean that he can't have fantasy value. He's a professional hitter. He's somebody that, as you said, can, and Schwebzy said, can spray the ball around all fields. So I would get him now before he gets really hot. I mean, keep in mind, he was hitting 400 for like the first third of the season last year. Yeah, that's a good point. He's, he has shown he can be streaky. He obviously can be an asset. Yancey, we have one staying away. We have one buying in. You're the tiebreaker. Where are you going mm-hmm. with Charlie Blackman? So just to peel back the veil just a little bit, he's one of my most home players in redraft leagues. I have him in a ton of NFBC leagues. And just the way I was typically kind of constructing my rosters was I, w- I was you know double pumping pitchers up top. And then I was primarily targeting really balanced hitters who could steal and hit for power. Uh, then once I started getting to the middle rounds, uh, you saw Charlie Blackman. He was like one of those guys where he was just consistently falling because there's absolutely nothing sexy about his profile at all. However, in that range, as opposed to me reaching for, uh, you know, the flavor of the, of the season, like a uh, Alec bomb or something like that. I was taking these really, really safe uh, power speed combos and, like batting average stalwarts like Charlie Blackman. Um, like you literally just said this, I, I can't remember what the exact monthly breakdown was, but holy shit, like this guy was just batting like, you know, closer like to 200 and all of a sudden he has like one single month and he's fine. And it's so easy to time whenever you're starting him or not because everybody just, you just start everybody in course. It's just an autoplay. Oh, you have Josh Fuentes on your bench, start him in course. This, you know, they have a weekend series in course. If you have them in NPC, slot them in. If you're in daily lineups leagues, if they're playing in course, it's so easy to manage him. And it's not like his draft capital is absolutely insane. He is an older player. So if you're, if you're looking for batting average help or on base percentage help, like even right now with the 250 batting average, he has a 351 on base percentage. He's just, it's just the safest play. And like, we've seen him go through these, these ups and downs before, but he always ends up kind of rebounding. And I'm the type of guy where I don't like to punt batting average. And I, I like to be good potentially at every single category. And he's just a perfect glue piece. So 
I'm not going out of my way. You don't have to really pay a whole lot for him, but um, like, absolutely. I, I can't imagine people having dropped him. I think that his track record is, is too extensive for you to just give up on him. But if he's sitting on the Wyver, the Wyver, you hear me? The Wyver, the Waiver Wyver. Like I say, go for it. I absolutely go for it. He's, he's the most boring, productive player who's going to win you leagues. I heard that you should try to get him if you can. And I heard that he had something about being a, a non-sexy profile, but I, I, mean, I got to play the music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Talking about good old Charlie Blackman. Chuck can we tra- bullet, Before though. we transition, can I say something real quick? It is yeah. really weird. Um, I've been pretty busy the last couple of months, so I haven't been in you guys' live streams as much as I normally am. But I, it is weird not seeing troll comments directed at Doc, <laughs> and it's only because I'm on the show. So it's kind of this weird, uh, you know, trying to figure out, like, hey, where are the little pop-up screens over? But, Doc, I will say I'm very proud of you for not being on your phone yet. It looks like you're being pretty focused and, like, locked in, almost like you're doing it on purpose. I have notes on my phone, so that's why I'm <laughs> glancing over. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. This is good. This is good, Eric. Eric needs to stay this way. He's like he uh he's being observed for a class. Yeah, no, ever since you made that comment where I'm like that <laughs> guy that's trying to not look. Oh, the like, vein wow. the vein kid meme. Oh, yeah, you know we're talking about, right? Yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. Uh let's go to the next guy on this list here. And that's Victor Robles, who right now going into today hitting 230 with five RBIs and five steals and 143 plate appearances. Can't say he's lived up to the hype of the guy that was basically getting shot up draft boards at the end of draft season. He's not barreling the ball at all, not hitting the ball hard. I, what do you, Robles has got a lot of fatigue for me. He's a guy that's been, I think every single year, people are starting to be like, oh, this is the year. Victor Robles puts it together, gives you the speed along with a semi-productive bet. Uh, Doc, I'll start with you for this one. How do you feel about Victor Robles going forward? Are you, I mean, obviously he's, worth nothing in points leagues but if you're talking about roto with the steals how how do you feel about victor robles i mean i would try to trade him if you own him i mean we'll start out with the positive he has the highest walk percentage of his career but it's at 9.8 it's not anything that's going to jump off the charts as he mentioned he doesn't have a a big uh barrel rate it's 3.8 for his career his stolen base upside i mean he's five for eight this year which isn't amazing but i think what's kind of telling and you know, David, you and I being Nats fans and living in Maryland, we can attest to this. He had the Juan Soto expectations. Like he was their highly touted prospect for the longest time. Over, you, over Soto. Mm-hmm. Over Soto. He was, he was supposed to be like the truth. And Soto was like, oh, we're going to call him up from, what was it, like A ball or something? Yeah. <laughs> and like nobody even cared. He was sitting on waiver wires. Like it's so wild. And, Sorry. And you, I will cut you off again, too, by the way, if I want to. I'm not, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll do it again. The, the last thing I was going to say, <laughs> you know, it's bad when they have him hit ninth, when they have the pitcher hit ahead of him. Yeah. I don't think that's, you can't get any more disrespected as a hitter than having a pitcher that's not like a Jacob DeGrom or a Madison Bumgarner hitting in front of you. I will say, though, that's sometimes strategy because they want to have two guys, two the lead off guy and the ninth guy back to back for like the speed purposes. So I, I don't necessarily know that's because of how bad he's hitting that he's hitting ninth, just at least from my thoughts. I if, think if he more, was hitting better, they wouldn't have him hitting ninth. That's, this that's very is true. true. Yeah, this that's is true. true. Yeah. Uh, Yancey, I want to go back to you now. How you feel about Victor Robles? Is he worth anything to you? Uh, anything? Yeah, absolutely. He has five stolen bases. Um. I mean, this is a little confirmation biasy, but I've never been particularly in on him. I don't really like the profile. I don't think he hits the ball hard. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, I'm in a ton of NFBC leagues. And then the last two weeks of the season, I sat there and watched the, his ADP just soar. And I just didn't get it. We weren't really dealing with any new information. All of a sudden, like he's going to start hitting the ball for power and he's going to steal, you know, a, a bunch of bases or something. I, it just didn't make sense to me. So, like, I'm kind of getting 
you know, that confirmation bias of what I'd already believed where I don't think he's a particularly talented hitter at all. Um, I think he needs to be owned on every single league, but it doesn't necessarily have to be your roster. Um, it's just not a player or a profile I'm particularly interested in at all. Um, yeah. What else is there to say? I'm sure his mom thinks he's great, but I, I'm not particularly <laughs> interested. Yeah. We, uh, Eric, it's like someone knew you were great. Uh, it's your guy, Taewon Walker. It, that's your idol. I love Taewon Walker. Gosh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We- Regression is it Taiwan or is it Taiwan? I, I've heard both. I think it's Taiwan. I think you're right. I think it's Thai, right like the country. But yeah. yeah. It's you guys' show. So I, I, I said think... that I, I said that last week and somebody said, no, it's Taiwan. So I said, okay. Uh, he Either probably... way, he is great. He is great. Yeah, so probably... This sounds like something you should know. Yeah, no, I, I'm a Mets fan. Uh, and uh, I feel like if like Gary, Keith, and Ron were calling him Taiwan all this time, I would have noticed. But it's very possible that I'm just that oblivious. And uh, But I'm pretty sure it's Taiwan. I think you're right. I think it is Taiwan. So hopefully, Taiwan, if you're watching the show, you don't feel too disrespected here. Twebzy uh, <laughs> saved us here as the Mets fan, so I want to go to him next year. How do you feel about your division rival, the Nationals' Victor Robles? So do do you remember in this past offseason we had we had two stories, uh, one with Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, slimming down and the other with Victor Robles beefing up? Yeah. Those two things could not have possibly gone in like more opposite directions. Uh, so Victor Robles, when he debuted in 2017, had literally the single best sprint speed in baseball. He was number one fastest guy in baseball by that measure. Now he has lost like three feet per second. Now he's down around guys like Bobby Dalbeck instead of being <laughs> the fastest person in baseball. Dalbeck is quicker than you think, but he's not, yeah. you know, he's not a burner. Um, so he's like, so uh, if he's not getting you a ton of steals, I don't want him on my roster because back before he very very heavy quotes here bulked up he had like basically the worst exit velos in baseball mm-hmm. and there was a lot of discourse like oh but he bunts a lot so his bunts are being factored in and that's why no it's not he bulked up and he still has one of the worst exit velos in baseball he's just not that good of a hitter and uh, i don't really see that changing he's walking more which generally is a hint of upcoming production or you know current better production it's it's just not i don't see it and like you said He's got a pretty bad success rate right now with steals. Generally, you want like that 75% success rate for like a break-even point. And he's below that. It's not great right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't really know. If you have him on your team, I guess you hold him just for the stolen bases. But I don't think too many people are going to give you much for him at this point with what he's been producing besides the stolen bases. So uh, if you have him, just I guess hold on to him, uh, especially obviously in Roto Leagues. And if you don't have him, I wouldn't make a huge effort to go get him. But again, five steals, maybe he'll have 20 by the season's end if he starts getting on base more. But we'll see how that plays out. Let's go to this next guy here who it, it hurt even just typing his name on this list. It's just when you when you see him, this is the, this is the noise that pops in your head. You see that scary music? That is Keston Hira, who has been an absolute just abysmal hitter so far this season 127 batting average one home run was demoted called back up still has a 38.8 k percentage on the year yancy do you want any of that keston hira pie i did add him in one nfbc league uh for cheap it was just kind of a keep him honest bid and i honestly am very disappointed that i won it <laughs> i didn't i didn't even want him i'm that sorry bad, for your loss I, yeah it's brutal <laughs> Uh, it's, it's absolutely brutal. I, I, I think I read something or heard something. Um, I listen to everybody's podcast, so it's hard for me to have an original thought, but, uh, <laughs> they were talking about how, um, 
like his family's dealing with something. I can't remember if it was a mom or a dad or something like that, but like a, a person very close to him going through cancer and chemotherapy and just like really kind of going up against it. And uh, I'm not putting all of it on that, but like you guys know this for people too, like that stuff does affect you obviously. And um, I can't imagine just like trying to focus on something as difficult as, you know, hitting major league pitching while also doing this. And uh, like they said, everybody was surprised. They're like, wow, it looks like he was really striking out a ton in AAA. Why did they bring him back up? And I think it was more so that he could be closer to his family and that he could kind of just, you know, like every at bat that he was failing didn't kind of weigh as much because it's just AAA and it's not like he's failing at the major league level. So um, I don't really think that he was jettisoned to AAA as a way to kind of change anything or fix his approach. I think it was more of like a, they were throwing him a proverbial bone so he could be closer to his family. But in the very short term, um, I, uh, I'm i not looking to buy. He's going to absolutely tank your batting average, and I can't imagine owning him in an on-base percentage league. Um, it is brutal. The power-speed combo is interesting. I think long-term, I might be interested in buying if somebody's really looking to sell low. Um, but for the rest of this year, at least, I think I'm mostly going to be staying away. And the one league I do own him in, I think he's he's likely going to be the first drop of the weekend. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. Schwebzy, do you feel any differently about him? Well, after Yancey said all that, I feel like if I say anything negative about Keston here, that I'm just an absolute monster. <laughs> which which you could be without I, I might be. anything. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't need this to prove that. I know I'm a monster. Yancey, no, are you on uh, your phone? <laughs> <laughs> That's none of your business. Okay. Oh, yes, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, how the turntables. <laughs> so, Swebsy, I'm uh, curious. Yeah. I know, obviously, we could just keep beating Keston Hira down to a pulp. Uh, I'm more curious in Dynasty now. Beating are, you, are you trying to sell him in Dynasty? Like, are you like, I'm trying to get out of this if you have him, or are you just holding on hoping that he finds it back again? That's the one place where I might consider picking him up is in Dynasty, because I feel like this is just going to wind up being a lost year. I don't have any faith that he's going to suddenly start striking out like 15 or 20% less. Um. It's it, yeah, like for, for a redraft, it's the hardest to pass. I'm not picking him up on uh, if he's on the waiver wire or the waiver waiver, whatever it is. Uh, and uh, yeah, Dynasty, you know, if, if he's on, if I have a spot on my bench, I'll, I'll pick him up. But like, if you offer me him in a trade in redraft, then I'm blocking your number and like <laughs> unfriending you on social media. I just I don't want anything to do with him. That's pretty so this is why I wanted to bring you on the show. This, this, those are that's exactly why, in a sense. So that that doc, good luck following that. Go ahead. Well, I think we're chasing the 2019 where he hit 303 with 19 homers, 51 RBIs, and nine stolen bases in 51 games. But he's hitting 127 this year. You mentioned the high K rate, 6.9 percent walk percentage for his career. Nice. Nice. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. A nice, nice. He's one for 27 with 12 K since getting recalled. And I think everybody thinks that he just struck out a lot in the majors, but even in the minors, like when he got demoted, he hit 438, but his K rate was 34.2%. In 2019, when he was in AAA, it was 26.3%. So no matter what level he is, he's striking out a lot. And his Z contact rate is bad. And that's the percentage of balls a hitter makes contact within the strike zone. So. Well, we, we're, we're over a year in the show and Eric used Z contact for the first time. Where's my, where's your cheering button? Hold on. Where's your cheering? <laughs> Give me that one person Yay! cheer. There you, go. <laughs> and you know, you know, when you said art's not going to bring be here and, and the analysis is going to be bad for me. I had to step up my game a little bit. Yeah. I can tell. Thank you. I just blamed his family. That's <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, your one person's always there for you, Eric, and that he was very impressed or she, whoever oh, thank it is. You. Can I okay. just say real quick, uh, before we move along, I like to yeah. keep doing this in hijacking shows. Um, I, I owe you an apology, Doc, okay? I was tagged in the tweet, the initial tweet for this live stream, and the triple play fantasy engagement bump is real. So, like, my phone's just sitting here buzzing, and that's, I understand now why you're looking at your phone during streams, because <laughs> it's, it's, it's popping off. It is. It is popping off. So, Wait, am I getting engagement? Should I be looking at my phone right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let's just all ignore David and just go on our phone. <laughs> yeah. This is turning into a phone podcast. Eric, look what you started. It's a revolution. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, let's go to our Yancey, your guy, mm-hmm. Austin Meadows, Austin, beautiful Meadows, dancing field Meadows here. Hit a homer today, but going into today at 13 homers, 39 RBIs, had two steals. Here's, mm-hmm. here's the thing I'm, I'm going to question you about, though. He's got a 240 batting average, but he's hitting 170 against left-handed pitching, 266 against righties. Now, yeah. I think people look at Austin Meadows, they're like, hey, this is an everyday at, an everyday bat that you feel comfortable in your lineup. Are you concerned about that serious platoon split right there that he might start sitting a lot more against lefties if he hasn't already been sitting a lot against them? Um, Let, let me be choice with my words. I'm not super concerned that he's going to be sitting a lot versus lefties, but I do think that you'll see him resting. Uh, hey, look at that. Sammy's here. And with Sammy's a roast, as always. Um <laughs> But uh, I always Welcome lose my train my of world. thought so bad. Everybody knows this too. This is why people like blow up the comments on everyone like Owen streams. I literally cannot focus. I'm like staring at it. <laughs> Yancey, how do you um, think I feel? Yeah, really, it's brutal. And then of course, Mindy <laughs> just like puts it up every single time. So it's like, okay, here we go. Uh, but what? Who are we talking about? Uh, Miguel Cabrera. What are we, t- what are we talking about? <laughs> Austin Meadows. Oh, long story short, yes, because this podcast can't be three hours long. Uh, I'm not super worried about him sitting all the time versus lefties. I mean, Brandon Lau is struggling immensely against lefties, and they still roll him out almost every single day. Um, I think he'll find versus a really difficult lefty. Sometimes they're using that as a way to get uh, you know bench pieces into the lineup and stuff, but um, I'm not super, super concerned. I feel like the Rays roster in the next month and a half is going to look a lot different than it does now. I think Kiermaier gets moved. That's a lefty. Um, I think Brasso is a DFA candidate. They just got rid of Sutsuga a couple of weeks ago. And of course, we have Vidal Brujan and uh, Adamas just sitting there waiting in the wings. Uh, Josh Lowe is like heating up in AAA too. So uh, this team could look a lot different. Um, and so there is a possibility that they, you know, maybe they do sit him a little bit and, you know, they try to keep his bat in the lineup versus righties. And sometimes that entails him DHing and stuff, but he's going to be playing enough to make it White Sox 2021 champs. Our guy, Nick. Who is that? Why'd That's you put that up with a board? Nick's um, good. He's a good buddy of ours. Yeah, I'm just joking. I'm, I'm sure he's the best. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, man, this is so hard. This is why I don't podcast all the time. I am not polished. I'm testing all. you. I'm testing you. Um, yeah, it's really distracting. I have to like put my hand over anything like this. <laughs> um, yeah, Awesome Metals is really good. I hope you guys bought low whenever you could have because he was an obvious regression candidate in a positive way. He hits the ball hard. Yes, he is an awful defender, but who honestly cares? Um, and I think he's he's you know there's a chance that he goes 35-10 and is a AL MVP contender in all seriousness. So and especially watch whenever that lineup gets better around him. There, I'm done. Is that good? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Okay, the buy low window suck. is closed according to the number one raise guy Yancey Eaton. I, I agree. I think it's it's probably hard to get him now. I, yeah. I am curious, Schwebzy. So I was offered a trade. I will not say by who. I was offered a trade of Austin Meadows for Luis Castillo. Now, if you're the Luis Castillo owner, this was again, uh, maybe a week ago. Would that be a trade you would make? So I, that is a, that is a very much a, uh, obviously a sell low on uh Castillo. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I, I think at the, like, I, I have faith in Castillo long-term. I think he's going to figure it out. I, I don't think there, there needs to be too many tweaks for Castillo to be good, but we also can't forget that before his abysmal 2020, Austin Meadows was like much, much more highly regarded. So like, mm-hmm. I, I, it wasn't quite like second round where Castillo was getting drafted uh, this year, but like, you know, Meadows was what, like a third rounder coming into 2020, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. So I yeah. don't think that, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. And I don't think it's as, I, I don't think it's as wide of a gap as it seems like right now. So I'll you would that. the team need. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Meadows, I think and Mike Curlin did a nice job breaking this down when he did one of his uh, video things that he put together when he talked about his launch angle and he was hitting the ball too high. And I think hopefully he's looked like he's adjusted that some. He's been a very good investment for a lot of people there. So let's move then to another guy. And, and I don't know how his name was on this list. Uh, so we can just give really quick advice on this. Nate Pearson pitched in one game so far this year. He got three runs and 2.1 innings had five walks. So I'm not this year. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Can we all agree? He's pretty much just waiver wire material this year. No, he's uh, the next Alec Manoa. <laughs> so Dude, then I was really, I was really excited when I saw that Nate Pearson had like a 31% K rate and a 0% walk rate. And then I realized it was the other way around and I stopped caring. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, uh, Shobes, I'll go back to you for this dynasty because this year it looks like he's not worth anything dynasty. Are, are you concerned about, I'm kind of concerned as he's already had some injuries. He's already kind of gotten that, the lust uh, worn off with now with Alec Manoa is the new toy that comes into play here. Uh, are you worried if you're a Nate Pearson owner long-term right now? I don't think so. I, I mean, you, you all have heard uh tin snap. There is no such thing as a pitching prospect. I, every Actually, time I, see- I own that handle. I own that Twitter handle. Really? Yeah, except Twitter locked me really out of cool. it. So technically Twitter owns it now. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every time I say that, I have to go on my fingers. There is no such thing as it. Yeah. But anyway, um, like how many pitching prospects have we seen come up, pitch one or two games and get annihilated so far? Like uh, Daniel Lynch was abysmal. Uh, Alec Manoa had a really, really rough second start after looking great in his first start. And I know there's more that I'm forgetting off the top of Logan my head. Logan Gilbert. Logan yeah. Gilbert. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's another one. Uh, I, I, I'm not super concerned. Uh, you know, we, another common phrase, you know, development is not linear. Like it's it just, be, you know, he's striking out like two guys per inning in the minors right now. Is it's really? only nine, it's only nine innings, but he's got like, he's got something like, uh, I, I want to say it's like, uh, 17 K's in nine innings or something. Yeah. It, it, it's a company with a five ERA, which isn't great, <laughs> but like. He's he's a uh, uh, maybe maybe the fastball is overpowering for minor leaguers, but minor league major leaguers can hit it. I don't know, but I, I'm not I'm not soured on him because of two bad innings in the majors. Like it's that's that's ridiculous. We can't write guys off that quickly. Well, I was also referencing because when he was pitching some last year too, he was struggling at the major league level as well. And I know sometimes people are very nearsighted and they say, "Hey, he's been in the league part of two seasons now, and he's looked absolutely abysmal." Am, am I basically should I give him up? up on him while he's pretty much at this point has any value left i guess no i don't think so i think he's i think he's a hold because his value is never going to well i guess i guess it could get lower than this if he just completely flames out but this this, this is probably a, a nadir until he completely flames out so i'm i'm not selling him yancy do you agree holding on uh i mean i can't imagine a scenario in redraft where i would even own him i i mean the back end of the of the jays rotate is he still in the blue jays 
shows what yes. a prospect fiend I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just keep this short. No, I'm not interested this year. Uh, he seems like he's immensely talented. And I do think that we as a community have a tendency to overhype elite prospects, both hitting mm-hmm. and pitching. And then the moment they fail, we kind of throw them out with the bathwater almost way too soon. And, you know, like there's plenty of people that have egg on their face because Mike Trout hit 200 for the first month in the majors. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, so, I mean, yeah, long-term, absolutely. I'm looking to buy. This is not a stash candidate at all. I'm not keeping him on my bench. Just let him go. And then hopefully, you know, he kind of puts it together a little bit later in his career. Do you know, I heard that expression for the first time yesterday. Wow. It's like the Jeopardy effect. Yeah. It's, it's like a powerful saying. I'm like, oh, wow. Like I look stupid. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's very true. People, I think get too trigger happy with picking up a guy. I've seen Logan Gilbert drop the ton already. Uh, for people that were after the first couple starts and he has mm-hmm. turned it around. He's, he's looked a lot better. He had his first quality start, his last start. So it just shows you like Schwebzy said, not everybody's progress is linear and you can't give up on guys this quickly. But yet, as far as redraft purposes, uh, Nate Pearson probably can just stay on the waiver wire for now. No need to try to roster him. Let's go to a very polarizing guy next. That's Christian Yelich. Stats are down all across the board. K's are up. He's not hitting the ball nearly as hard as he had the last couple of years. The question is here, and I'm going to start with you, Doc. If you have Christian Yelich, are you going to sell him for 75 cents on the dollar, 50 cents on the dollar? Or you know what? You're like, unless I'm getting 100% value on him, I'm going to just ride him and hope he finds a hot streak. I'm actually going to trade him. And this hurts because I was very big on Christian Yelich coming into this year. Um, But I I think his name is going to carry the value because when you look at his production, it's not there. And after his 2019 season where he came in second in MVP, he's hit 217. I think the fractured kneecap he has has made him a little less aggressive. If you put, if you extrapolated the last two seasons and put it over 162 games, he would have 22 stolen base attempts. He had, I think, 34 during that 2019 season in about 138 games. The last two seasons, his K rate is 30.8 and 34.1. He was a career 20.1% guy prior to those. And his launch angle has gone drastically down, similar Mm -hmm. to where it was in the Marlins days when he was 11 to 13 home run hitter. So I'm very worried for Yelich. And that's not even saying the back issue he has. When he came out and said this year, I don't feel good. That to me says that it could be something bigger than a back, maybe an illness, fingers crossed that it isn't. But that's what I associate when I when I hear I don't feel good. It doesn't sound so, like an injury. So are you accepting 75 cents on the dollar for him? Yeah, because look, if he gets shut down, you'd rather get some value for him than nothing at all. Okay. If I offer you Teoscar Hernandez right now, are you taking it? Yeah. But I'm, a te- I'm a Teoscar guy, so. Well, I offer you Trent Grisham, are you taking it? Uh, when he's off the IL. He's banged up like a lot a too, though. I'm, yeah. I'm, Already, I'm like, man, what's up with you, bro? Like, it's like I'm, three or four I'm, times a year, he's hurt. I'm not going to trade Christian Yelich for someone on the IL. Okay. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Yancey. A lateral move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yancey, how are you feeling about Christian Yelich? Um, I'm not as invested. Uh, man, I don't know. I fell off a ladder, like a little step stool ladder, like six months ago, and my back still hurts. Like, and it, it affects me all the time. I feel it. And I'm, I'm 30. I have to ask my wife how old I am. I can't remember if I'm 32 <laughs> or if I'm 30. I'm 32. I turned to, yeah, I'm 32. Uh, and that it that shit still hurts. It's still tearing me up. And I can imagine like 
baseball is so difficult. This is really scientific and, and, and stats driven, by the way. You guys are really in for one. It's so difficult as is. And you never hear these stories like, yeah, you know, pitchers are always banged up. They're always pitching here. I understand that. But like, you never hear the, like the stories about like a player, a hitter winning an MVP award or the, you know, a silver slugger and saying like, I was hurt all year. It's just impossible. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the margins for being one of the best hitters in the game is just, <laughs> nobody ever says I used to have back problems. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a wise man. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, but God, do I lose my train of thought too easily? <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> I have concerns. We're going to get you yes. past this, Yancey. We're going to get you past this. Yes. All right. Let me, let me power through. I could do this. All right. Ooh, Wusa. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm concerned. Yes. Uh, this is not what I was expecting. And yes, if you, owe, if you write off every single player that has, an injury, a knee injury, or a back injury, you're going to miss out on Max Scherzer this year, who's balling out, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of have to pick your spots and you know hope for the best. I I was a little snake bitten by this, but I do think you know he's going to be fine next year. I hope. Um, if I could take a Teoscar Hernandez, I would do it. If I would take a who's who's some people that was going later than him. If I could take Jordan Alvarez, I'll take him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I, yep. I would. Oh, t- yeah. Hell yeah, I'll take Cassianos. You want to give me Jesse Winker? I'll take Jesse Winker. Um, you know. I, there's a there's a ton of players like that that I would take, but um, Trey Mancini. Yeah, I love Trey Mancini. He's one of my most owned players, so okay. that's 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 a great pull. That's a great pull, and he's outfield eligible too. So yeah, I love that. I, yes, I'm concerned. Yes, I talk way too much. Uh, Shrubs, I'm so sorry. You're just sitting there, like just zoned out. You don't even know what to say. You're just sitting there quietly. I'm just gazing into your eyes. It's fine. No, your eyes are pretty. Like Lily, do a close up. You should turn the lights up so I can see what your that's eyes. How are I like. introduced it. The blue eyes just just like light up the whole screen. So. Uh, <laughs> It, it's it, Schwebzy. I can't even talk because I'm I'm so mesmerized right now. Go ahead and <laughs> talk about Christian Yelich. <laughs> so, like Doc said, he's got like a negative launch angle right now. That means, yeah, that's really really bad. We we don't want to see that. Uh, and Yancy, I'm actually of the opposite opinion with back injuries. Like I'm, I think I'm I'm very risk averse when it comes to fantasy. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. too risk averse. I'll I'll just write off basically anybody with a back injury because I mean sometimes you yeah. get a Clayton Kershaw or a Scherzer and they shake off a back injury to have a lot of productive years. Sometimes you get a David Wright. Maybe that's why I'm maybe that's why I don't like back injuries because it ruined my franchise. Um, but yeah, I'm. It doesn't take much for a you know a really good major league hitter to become a not really good major league player. Yeah, like the the margins are super thin. They call it a game of inches for a reason. You remember last year when everyone was freaking out about Christian Yelich's sky high strikeout rate at the start of the year? Mm-hmm. It's higher now. It's not. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely most of those guys that we just mentioned. I I would make that trade. But I own I, I roster Yelich in zero leagues because I was terrified at the start of the season. Subtle brag. That's a very smart call. I mean, it's look- if you saw my if you saw the rest of my injured list, you wouldn't think so. <laughs> I'm convinced nobody has more TGFBI injuries than me. That's Listen, subject. you can drop players. Okay. I tweeted this out last week. This is kind of, this is a little bit of a sensitive subject for me. I get everybody's upset and everybody's like, look at, look at all these injured players I have. Then drop them. You have to make drops. You cannot, I see people taking two, three zeros in my TGFBI league. And I just wonder what's going on. Are like, you going to drop Jack Flaherty? Like, I don't know what to tell you. No, don't drop. Don't be cute. You know what I'm talking about. No, are you going to drop? Are you going? Are you going to drop Zach Plesac? Listen, Slick. Yeah, I'm going. I've dropped Zach Plesac. Okay. I have dropped. I, him I'm naming before. my team for you to see if I would drop them. Zach Plesac's value is predicated on volume, right? Yeah. He has already shown us he is not. 
by the time he comes back, he he could be having short starts, or they can have him do like the whole Jesus Lazardo thing, where like he's he's basically a bullpen arm while he gets ramped back up. We don't even know how long he's going to be gone yet. We still even don't have like a definitive timetable on his return. You guys got to drop people. You guys mm-hmm. have to make tough decisions. You cannot be taking zeros, and you cannot leave yourself a zero flexibility to where you're playing matchups on a weekend like in NFPC where you you could swap out for your hitters on Fridays. Like I, I've never understood that. Like I've seen people who are still holding like Paul DeJong. What are you doing? Like, is this your first league? Drop him, you know, just drop Look, him. I, I don't know about you, Doc, you, Dave, but this is not the first time I've been lectured about my TGFBI team uh, <laughs> I, on I, live I'm on stream by Yancey. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is the first time I've been lectured, and uh, I feel like I'm being attacked because yeah, I'll DM you my roster, and you can tell me who to drop, who to keep. All right. My wife will send you my consulting fee paperwork. (laughs) There we go. Beautiful. We got three guys left on this list. Let's talk about Aaron Nola. Uh, He's been fine. A 384 ERA uh, over a K per nine. K percentage is right around his career norms. Line drive rates are down, even though the fly balls are up. But most of all, he seems like he's been pretty stable. So I'm not exactly sure why he was the eighth most traded player on this list. So if you have... Yancey, if you have Aaron Nola, is there any reason to not think he's going to be a top 10 starting pitcher most likely the rest of the season? Um, I mean, I think I have him like right around top 10. I mean, he may be a little bit under that just because just about every single pitcher that we were drafting in the first couple of rounds has just been nails outside of Luis Castillo. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, he kind of looks worse than that just because he's not absolute gangbusters right now. And I know he kind of got, who is it, the Marlins that touched him up last yeah. start, I think. Um, so maybe that that was just a, a little bit reactionary by people and you know, whatever, like he's, he's one of the few aces that isn't overperforming, but, um, yeah, absolutely. Like I want him, like give me him everywhere. If you could possibly buy low and, and, you know, ship somebody a, a fourth or fifth rounder uh, before the season started for him. Absolutely do it. I have zero worries. Doc, really quick, just give me a thumbs up. Cause I feel like you're going to list all his statistics, but we can just pretty much just say <laughs> yay or nay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd buy him. He's had a couple bad starts at Boston or at Atlanta and versus Boston. He's on pace to throw for 200 innings plus for the third consecutive year. He's one so of the few pitchers that's durable. It, oh, I was going to say you're ignoring what I just said. Okay. I'm glad you stopped yourself there. A, yeah. An absolute power move that I personally respect. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Chubsy, finish out this discussion for Aaron Nola. Is, I mean, is there anything that we don't see here that you want to trade him for or anything? No, uh, I mean, uh, the, the strikeout rate's a little bit lower than last year, but last year was two months long. Like, I'm not super concerned. Uh, his ERA is a bit above all of his uh, ERA predictors, uh, so I'm not really concerned. I, I mean, and even if he did keep performing at, like, exactly this level for the rest of the year, like, this was within the range of outcomes for Aaron Nola at the start of the year. Like, this isn't a super, you know, this isn't super disappointing. This is just, like, a, a bad Aaron Nola year. No, I agree. Uh, so, sounds like steady as she goes for Aaron Nola. Let's get to him. Yeah, I think yeah, he's a good target if anybody's panicking that they think he's not the normal Aaron Nola. Let's go to a another player that is I'll be interested to hear what you guys say about him for redraft purposes. We all we all know in Dynasty how we feel about this guy and that's Jared Kelnick. He's still out of the gates with a 111 batting average, two homers and three steals. He's got a 25% K percentage, which is actually pretty respectable for a rookie in the big leagues. But he's hitting the ball in terms of exit velocity. It's under league average right now. So he's not exactly hitting the ball hard. I don't I have actually held him or stashed him in a couple of redraft leagues. So I'm not planning on dropping him. I guess if you basically have held him that long. But Schwebzy, 
if you have Christian Yelich, are you concerned at all for 2021 and redraft that he's not going to produce anywhere near what you expected this season? So Kalanick, another player that I own, I, I have zero shares of, but this is because I just wasn't willing to pay the price because he was, he went basically higher than I expected pretty much everywhere. Yep. And he, so he's, he's this hyper-confident player that's never failed before. I'm not totally surprised that he's, you know, not like he, he experienced a couple of bad games and it's kind of snowballing. I'm not super surprised by this. Um, so I don't think I want a piece of him in redraft. I, there's absolutely a world in which he goes off and, and, uh, you know, performs like gangbusters in the second half of the year, but, uh, that's not going to be for any of my teams just cause uh, again, risk averse. And I just, it, it's, it's not something I'm willing to bet on. I don't think that's a high percentile outcome, mm. but, I, I I do want to very briefly pull a, a Yancey here and hijack things just for a second for a personal <laughs> anecdote. Uh, yeah, so I, I think the reason that Kalanick is on this list is because of all the hype. The, the smart move, especially in redraft, was to acquire him or draft him and hold him until the peak of his value, which was the day he got called up or the day mm-hmm. he had his first home run, and then immediately move him. Someone in my AL-only league spent big fab dollars on Andrew Vaughn, Kalanick, and Kirilov, and then traded them for Mike Trout, Alex Verdugo, Josh Donaldson. And I'm just like in awe of that. I'm like, good on you, man. Like that That's the way to do it. That is the right way Holy to handle cow. these big prospect call-ups. That's, that's all I got. I'm just, that, that's the, that is when you should be trading a player like Jared Kalanick. That's very good advice for everybody that's listening out there. I mean, if you're able to get that type of a price for these guys and a lot of, and people I think are becoming smarter and smarter with these big name prospects. It's like, if you're in most of these leagues, you've heard of these guys, you've heard of the Jared Kelnicks, right? You've heard of the Andrew Vaughn's cause they're all being talked about. They're on the front page of every fancy baseball site. So mm-hmm. people think, Oh wow, I'm going to get the next big thing. Hey, maybe you can capitalize and get some value like that. It's a really good piece of advice in there. Yancey, how are you feeling about Derek Kelnick? Uh, just a, a very quick exercise. Let's do some revisionist history and go back and look at the ADPs. Uh, right up until the season started, do you guys want to take a guess what his ADP was? Very quickly. He was definitely wasn't he in? He was in the top 100. I'm pretty sure, wasn't he? Did he creep in there? Kelnick? No, 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 no. Like top 200. One eighty one. He finished on. This is NFPC, mind you. So I know people play on different platforms and stuff. So okay. depending on site rankings, it obviously affects a lot. I'm I'm going just off of NFPC. His ADP was 192nd overall. Right. Okay. Just after him, you could have taken Jesse Winker at 197. You could have taken Austin Riley at pick 200. You could have taken Chris Taylor, who's been amazing at 205. Jared Walsh, who's been one of the, the best value picks all, like regardless of format, all season long. Uh, th- so the point remains here is like, what, what did all those other players have in common? They broke camp in the majors. They were mm-hmm. playing all year long. We knew that they were going to break camp and they were going to be playing, right? That is a major part of being able to help your fantasy team is you have to physically play. Um, I don't have clinic anywhere. This isn't the type of move that I make. And you guys have to understand that like sometimes, not you guys, you know, I mean, generally speaking, you know, vaguely gesturing at everybody. Uh, you're, you're going to miss outliers sometimes if you're not the guy that's constantly drafting prospects. That's just the nature of the beast. Like sometimes you're going to get a prospect who's going to pop off and you're going to miss out and you're going to feel like a egg on your face because you don't have any. But I promise you, more times than not, if you sit this out and you don't pay top 280p pricing on a on a hitter like this, who 
they were basically forecasting the entire offseason. Hey, like we don't bring these players up. We know that we're not going to be competing like, you know, that leaked tape and stuff like that. Like they're not just going to completely scrap three years worth of rebuild to bring him up in order to save face. Like, no, we knew that it was going to be a while for him to come up. The second point I'm going to add to this is he's leading off every single day, which I like this long term because it says, hey, listen, they're giving him development. They're letting him get his reps in. I do appreciate this. And the very short term, however, for me to see him, I believe he is left handed, right? I'm not misremembering. Yeah, yeah he's a lefty. Sure I'll double check. Um, yeah, him leading off versus a lefty. Not a big fan of that. Why? Because now instead of him going 0 for 4 versus a lefty because he's really struggling, now he's going 0 for 5. And it's going to take his batting average even more. So you're watching him take his lumps in real time and you're just eating it. He has two home runs and three stolen bases. He's not helping your fantasy team. Name value aside, he's he's detrimental to your team right now. He is basically trying to think of a really bad middle in, infielder who has like no power. Uh, John Boy from the Angels. And Ralden Simmons. Robinson Cano Homeboy has more war than Jack Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> no, Rojas is good, dude. Don't put some respect in your name. But yes. <laughs> the, the, the the point is, I, I don't like seeing him lead off against lefties like this. I don't like the fact that he's absolutely tanking my batting average. It's the Jock Peterson effect. Like Everybody's like, yeah, cool, let's move him up because he's going to hit every single day. Do you really want Jock Peterson hitting every single day against lefties? No, you don't. So uh, redraft, yeah, I, I mean, you're stuck with him. You can't really drop him. And uh, David Fletcher, by the way, was the name of the the middle infielder I was thinking of. I just yeah. saw that. But, mm. um, but yeah, long term, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. But this year, I, I didn't see the value proposition there, and I still don't. Yeah, no, I agree. And it doesn't help. I mean, there are some very respected analysts out there that after that first game, we're already calling him a 30, a top 30 outfielder rest of season. And that's again, when I think people can get caught up in that. And like Schwebzy said, that's the time you got to sell if you really don't think that long term, this is going to stick. And he is actually a lefty. Yes, yeah, so you're right. Etsy. Um, let's move to the last guy here real quickly. Let's talk about Juan, Juan Mankata. Juan Mankata. Y'all come back now. You hear? Uh, he's a streaky player. <laughs> <laughs> he's a streaky player. He's been heating up, though. Uh, batting average just crossed 300. He's got four homers. No speed, though. He's got zero steals this year. I think people were buying in that he was going to actually steal some bags for you, too. His K percentage is in line with what his 2019 season was, that career year, and not what the 2020 season was looking like. He's walking in an elite rate this season, too. So if you have Yon Moncada, Yancey, are you, uh, what are you doing with them? Uh, well, I will say over the last weekend, I had a second chance draft uh, that mm-hmm. I took part in and I bought him. Uh, he fell a lot further than I thought he should have. Um, and for whatever reason, like people just aren't enamored with the profile. Uh, I, I know everybody was expecting a lot more stolen bases in his career. I remember at one point, like he was literally like hyped up as like a, I mean, he was like the number one prospect for like two or three years, wasn't he? It was mm-hmm. like, yeah. he, he was awesome. it for a while. And then, you know, we had Buxton for two or three years. We had Jerkson profile for a couple of years. Um, and like the speed just isn't there. But I do th- think that this is a really talented hitter. I want as many pieces of that lineup as I possibly can. I still think, you know, even without Luis Robert, even without Eloy, I do think that, you know, the pieces around him start hitting better. Um, I don't expect Yasmani Grandal to whatever that stat line is, I, I think he's going to start hitting a little bit more. Um, I think Andrew Vaughn is a talent waiting to explode. Um, I, I want as many pieces as I can. I think he's really talented. Yes, I'm buying. And like I said, I bought him this this last weekend. Doc, I appreciate you just sitting in the background and just listening. I just want to say I appreciate you, buddy. Hey, Dave. Very reflective. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have uh, such brother energy. Like, it's hard to explain unless you have a brother. But yeah, you guys have it. <laughs> Eric, Eric. Fist pound me, fist pound me. Oh, wait, wait, okay, okay. It's always the opposite. <laughs> yeah, <there we> <laughs> nice. 
Schwabzi, finish this one out for us. Yon Mankata, are you trading right. for him? What are you doing with Yon Mankata? All right, so I, I just have two things to say about uh, Mankata. First thing, if you were not aware, he has a music video out. I like, exactly. That. That I've was my that. face when I saw that. It's good. It's surprisingly good. Google whoa, 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 whoa. It's not good, but it's I like not it. it's the not, worst. It's, it's maybe it's one of the better athlete tracks I've ever heard. It's a this low bar. It's, That's a low bar. It's, but it, it's better it's, than Trevor Bauer stuff. I will say I, that. You're just making the bar even lower. <laughs> is it a rap video or like what kind of music is uh, it? I, I don't I don't know the term for it. Uh, it it's, like Span, it's like Span, maybe it's like it's Spanish language, like R&B kind of. Oh, I, I don't I don't know the right term, but uh, all right. So on uh, onto the actual baseball stuff. <laughs> this is this is an incredibly really like rudimentary, simplistic way of looking at things. But uh, actually, and this is no longer accurate because he just hit a home run. Uh, like everybody on this list. <laughs> yeah, I know. He literally he hit a home run literally like as we were getting into this room. Um, 116 players in baseball have at least 10 barrels and before tonight only three of them had fewer home runs than Moncada. Wow. Like he he barrels the ball at a pretty good rate. Like the the power's going to come. If you're tr- if you want Moncada and you should uh cuz I, I like these guys I very much believe in the profile try to trade for him and in your trade talks hammer home the fact that he only has four or five home runs mm. not or five he does have five now hammer home that fact and try to get a try to get a discount and try to acquire him couldn't have said any better and that barreling stat is a great stat to know and again if you're in a, like shrubs said if you're in a league where they're just looking at the counting stats it's a great way to look at the underlying numbers and be able to buy low on a guy that people might not know that that's coming so Great piece of advice there. I want to move to the next part of the show here, and that's going to start with the question of the week. Oh, yeah. Are you guys big prices right, people? No? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like and who isn't? I was a big I don't trust anyone person. who isn't. We, we just didn't have cable growing up. So, like, basic network TV, you just watch whatever's on. So, like, yeah, hell yeah, I love prices right. I love Matlock. Like that's that's all we got to watch. Well, it's like I almost knew that that's what you were going to say. That's why I picked that uh, <laughs> that drop there. <laughs> I wish I was that psychic. Uh, well, we are of course sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight, the official affiliate. To Mon- Monkey Knife Fight is Triple Play, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to a hundred dollars of your deposit match when you become a new user and you use our code. And if you're looking to win big, make sure you check out the Triple Play Monkey Knife Fight shows every single Sunday. They give you a 10 to 15 minute show to give you our locks to help you win some of that cold, hard cash. All right. So our question this week, Eric came up with it and he said, you know what? With the Yancey coming on, it has to do something with housing. So he said, which MLB player well do you think has the nicest house? Mm-hmm. So Yancey, why don't you start it off? Who do you think? Has I mean, luckily, if we're not talking football, we don't have to talk about Cliff Kingsbury because he would already won that. Uh, but since we're talking baseball, white. just everything's got to be dirty all the time. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I need to I need to be honest with you guys. I am a realtor. Um, my wife loves it when I talk about this on podcast. She oh, my God, she loves it. Like, please talk about your job. Please tell people what you do. <laughs> she loves it. But anyway. Uh, I do have access to look most of this stuff up. Yeah, you guys can look at articles and stuff like that. I can I could find anything. I could oh, I right. Could, yeah. G- 
give us the scoop. I mean, Mandy, you could buy you could buy a shed in your backyard. As long as you got a permit for it, I can find it and oh. find out how nice your shed is, right? Challenge um, accepted. For 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 active major league baseball players, the list is kind of boring. And I will say this, I've noticed a trend with with uh, active baseball players and I don't really know why, but they like having the pool in the front yard, which not a fan. Not this is insider information. Yeah. But why though? Yeah. I don't know. And and this is something you don't really see it down here in Florida a lot. The pool's always in the backyard. If you're really rich, you got it up on the second floor. <laughs> um, so that's kind of weird. That's just a random aside. But I will say this. I, I did some extensive research. And I hate to say this. He's not an active player, but it's not even comparison. If you like modern, sleek, clean lines, metallic, you know, whites, grays, just super, super clean, gigantic pool lush man you know just perfect landscaping everything like that a-rod has the sickest house you can possibly imagine i've heard and it sucks because because he sucks you know he's kind of a dork he's kind of like a i don't know he's like an alien whatever i don't know i'm sure he's a great guy he's great dad whatever but man his house is so sick and it's not even close like and and i probably looked up 50 houses just just googling names and stuff evan longoria if you guys like (laughs) spanish style houses you know like actual like spain you know that type of thing pretty sick little house uh blake snell had a pretty cool house it was like his stream house he had like you know vintage arcade games and i was gonna say he's a gamer yeah he's a gamer and it literally looks like a place that's like oh hey like i'm like i'm like a random like shit poster that like won a 50 million dollar contract and it looks just exactly like you'd think his house looks like um and i love blake snell that's not a that's not a knock i love him um but yeah a rod it's not even close man his house is just look it up when you guys get a chance it is online publicly but it is so 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 sick I should have had you go last because good luck to Schwebzy that has to follow that. Oh, I am up for the challenge. So I follow an Instagram account called Zillow Gone Wild. Uh, <laughs> I, I assume <laughs> no, that's a thing. That is a thing. It's actually a fantastic account because it's, it's both it. ho- it's both hilarious and eye opening. Uh, and uh, Derek Jeter sold his house recently, and it was like a cat. It was literally like fashioned like a castle, and I love it was. Um, the, the most absurd thing that I've the, abs- the most absurd millionaire thing I've ever seen. But um, I, I took this question much differently than Yance did. And I, I said that the, the, the player with the nicest house would probably be Matt Carpenter. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I was like, wait a second, hold on. <laughs> but obviously right. the player with the nicest, the nicest <laughs> bathrooms would be Albert Pujols. Oh, <laughs> you're on fire. Right, this this is actually better. Follow up these two. Even I'll admit this um, is better than my response. I took yeah, it so just, literally, just so, and you were literally. <laughs> just so you guys know, there was a lot of there were a lot of misfires getting there because I was going to say that the best house would probably belong to Mark Mulmansion. Um, <laughs> oh my god! And the worst, the, the 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 worst landlord in the MLB would probably be Shane B and Bieber. <laughs> Holy so, cow! Money. They Your weren't money all with gold. These puns. Your money with these puns. Holy crap! I mean, trust we're both married, worth- but. Can I marry you? Yeah, well, no, I... get in line. Get in line. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what's what's real estate in Utah look like? We can do that. Um, so I spend more time on that than I did the other stuff. So that's that's the result of that. I, I'm following Zillow Gone Wild. They're getting a new Instagram follower. It's so <laughs> good. You just, uh, I think you answered the question better than the original intent of it. So I, no, no hating there, Doc. Do you even want to answer at this point? Because I actually don't want to answer anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to say Max Scherzer because I had a friend that did some contract work and he literally texts me, he says, yeah, I'm at Max Scherzer's house right now or, or my crew's at Max Scherzer's house. 
Mm-hmm. It is insane. I didn't see a picture of it, but that's the only thing I insight I have. Mm-hmm. I'll say I'll say something else real quick too. Justin Verlander, predictably awesome house. Some of the sickest, like just most badass houses you guys can imagine, is the players who've been around for a really long time and they got one or two massive, massive contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, some like somebody's house I thought was like kind of uh, like relatively tame considering how much he's worth. Clayton Kershaw's house, not a fan. I was going to notice my pick. Was it really? That was I was not like my style. Well, no, no they I, showed, I didn't know anything they showed about a, it. They, they was, showed a picture of his house on um, uh, they had like a ESPN article about him. Well, um, yeah, like yeah, and I, I was like, he's who's the richest player in baseball a few years ago, and he lives in California. I was like, that has to equal a, a dream house, right? That'll get you a studio in California. Listen, listen, do not get me wrong. Okay, if he dangled the keys in front of me and said, yo, bro, I would take it. It's nice. It is really, really nice. I'm just talking about stylistically. And you've noticed this with a lot uh, with a lot of MLB players. I I think you guys know this. It's kind of like an open secret that Major League Baseball doesn't really talk about. But like it is like a very it is a very like red conservative like player pool. Right. Yeah ideologically speaking. So a lot of these houses is, is it's not so much about the house as it is like they own a bunch of land somewhere. That's what a lot of these super, super rich Major League Baseball players are. And so it ends up being like the house is just like a regular, you know, like big mansion. There's like a bunch of windows and shit. Like it's like really whatever. But they own like 200 acres like yeah. back home or something. You know, you know what, what was is. the best? Remember before uh, the season last year, a bunch of players were posting videos of them throwing in their backyard and Joe Kelly broke a window from his yeah, backyard. Yeah. It look, from his backyard, <laughs> it looks like he has a nice house. Yep. Yep. I could see that. All right. Well, that was one of the best questions of the week I think we've ever done. That was just absolutely. I'm awesome. retiring after that one. That was. Just, I yeah. don't need to come up Sh- with anything. Schwebzy, else. I'm honestly really proud of you, dude. That was yeah. so. Thank you. Thank you. That was that Best-kissed. was incredible. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, let's go into the last segment of the night, and that is going to be our game of the week. Oh, yeah. Throw the Dukes. Throw the Dukes. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Doc, you are hosting this game. What are we playing? So this is the name game. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two players, their first names, and they share the same last name. You're going to say your name, and I'm going to call whoever gets it first to buzz in. And if you get it, awesome. If you get a point, if not, then you're out for that question, and we go to somebody else. So I have eight here, and I have a couple tiebreakers if necessary. Wait, Y'all. I literally was watching you and I wasn't even looking at my phone or anything and I don't understand. So can you just repeat it again? So like, I'm going to tell you two people <laughs> that have the same last name. So for example, if I say a VCL and Lurie. Garcia. Yeah. But you would, okay. you would buzz in your name first. You would say Yancey. Okay. What if I say Yancey's name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then, Yan- then Yancey gets the answer for you. So if okay. I think he doesn't know, that's a viable strategy. I'm- oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. Wow, you're struggling. playing. Let's think. Forty like- chess. I, Let's go. So, 40 so chess, I'm baby. actually, I'm actually going to implement that rule. If you call somebody else's name and they can't answer it, then they're out for that question. That's good. I like it. 
All right. You guys ready? I have, to, I have to spell my name with a Sharpie so I don't screw it up. Hold on. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep score because I am your guys' mother. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. All right. You ready? Number one, Bryce and Justin. David. David. Har- Harper. No. No. Oh. Chris. Yancy. Schwebzy. Wilson. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I knew it. I had it. I had it. That that's a All good right. one. That's a good misdirect starting off with. Bryce. Yeah, you got you got me good because I. I so wait, so, what was his brother's name? What's Bryce Harper's brother's name? I think Brian or Brandon or something. I think you're right. I think it's Brian. All right. I was gonna I was gonna be mean and say who cares, but <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> so wait, so two. does so does does Mendy have negative points? Is that how that works? No, nah, no, nah, I'm not that mean. That would be Thank cool. Goodness. Okay. Thank goodness. Thank right, goodness. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. Number two, Miguel. And Josh. Chris. Schwebzy. Rojas. Yes, sir. I was on the tip of my tongue, too. I literally yelled at it. I I came to play, guys. I came to play. Two for two. two. All right. Number three. Over the sweep. Seth and JoJo. Yancey. Yancey. Romero. Yes, sir. Yancey's on the board. board. That that was good. I don't know who Seth Romero is. I don't either. Do you even baseball, <laughs> Shrebsy? What's up, bro? <laughs> Number four, Kyle and Jimmy. Yancey. Yancey. Nelson. <laughs> yes, sir. Are you serious? What's a Kyle Nelson? <laughs> yeah, who's Kyle Nelson? Don't worry about it. I'm in first. Yeah. Holy don't, crap. Don't, don't worry Tied about it. first. Tied for you guys, first. You guys are making got, me look bad. Hold on. We got me, we got we got four left. We got a couple tiebreakers. The next one, Evan and Eli. Yancey. Chris. Yancey. All right, it's Yancey. <laughs> Eli. Or wait. Wait. <laughs> yep. Sorry. No, it's it's Evan and Eli Eli. <laughs> Shut up. This is really confusing. Stop. <laughs> I mean, David, bold strategy to nominate to nominate Yancey. I was trying to knock right. one out of the competition. All right, work. well, it didn't it didn't work. So Yancey's up three to two. We got three left. The next one, Will and Pavin. David, Chris, David Smith on the board. Yep. All right. So Pavin. we got two. There's one Pavin. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to give you all really hard ones. I'm going to give goodness. you a couple. I'm going to give Um. So we have two left. Yancey has three. Schwebzy is two and David is one. The next one, Justin and Nick. It could be anybody. Chris. Schwebzy. Anderson. Nope. Good guess, though. I feel like there's got to be a Justin That might Anderson. be right. That Some might nondescript actually... reliever somewhere. I was going to say, there has to be two guys with, that share a last name besides whatever you have. Uh, Yancey. All right, Yancey. Damn it. Um, <laughs> done. Nope. All right, David, your guess? I don't get the automatic point for being the last standing. Nope. Um, Justin and Nick Avila. I don't know. <laughs> Williams. Oh, oh yeah. that's oh. rude. Yeah, that was going to... You're gonna pick the two most Caucasian boring <laughs> names. This this game this game is how many nondescript relievers do you know? <laughs> I, I, you know you know it's, it's hard to find people in the league that share the same last name. Okay, that that's not. I'm trying to give you guys some easy you ones. Should have had Williams off. Name. Williams should have been off limits. 
Okay. Well, the last one, and Schwebs, you need this to tie Yancey. Jordan. I'm free rolling. I'm free rolling for first. I love this. Ready? Sorry, Jordan and Justice. Chris. Schwebsy. Wait, did you say Justice? Yeah. Sheffield? Yes, sir. Oh, I thought man. it was Justin. <laughs> All right. Good. So do we, we have a tiebreaker? Ha- we do have a tiebreaker. All uh, right. The tiebreaker is the bluest eyes. <laughs> the, <laughs> the bluest eyes? All right. David somehow is back in this then. <laughs> All right. The tiebreaker here Ryan and Keegan. Yancey. Yancey. Bradley. Nope. Wait, I think it's a soccer player. Oh, I know this. I know this if Schwebby doesn't get Schwebzy. it. I, I Aiken? Yep. I, nope. I have no idea who... Oh. Wait, no. I was going to say, it sure was Aiken. Thompson. Oh, Keegan Thompson. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, right. Right. Isn't, that, isn't that guy on SNL? <laughs> Keegan Thompson. <laughs> Do you have any more? Come on. Give us more. All right. All right. This is the other tiebreaker. Brett and Chris. Yancey. Yancey. I did that as a as a defense because I didn't actually <laughs> know what it was. <laughs> Phillips. All right. That's incorrect. Schwebzy. Just trying For to think win. of any other any other Bretts that I know. Um... Oh, I think I know it. Thompson? That's incorrect. It's is it Brown? Martin. Oh, no. Martin. All right. All right. This is going to be deep. This is going to be an easier one. Thank Matt God. and Austin. Yancey. Yancey. Adams. Nope. It is. Those it, are two clues. <laughs> Matt Adams literally just got called up for the Rockies, and Austin <laughs> Adams is a reliever for the Padres. Schwebzy, valiant can, effort. Uh, Yay. You can have, you can have that. <laughs> I mean, I'll was, give was it yours to... was yours Slater? Uh no, it was Barnes. Oh, Austin Barnes. Yeah. All right, well, we're gonna give it to Yancey. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yancey gets the the crowd applause for the game win. Nice this is stop. vindication, honestly. I don't know if you remember back then, like our, our first one. I can't remember what it was, but you guys dusted me. I, I was embarrassed and trivia. It was so like the, is... it was like the postal code thing. Yeah, this is my comeuppance, and it feels really good. Um, I just want to thank all the people that I had to step on to get here, but it feels, <laughs> feels good. Let's go. I, I had to, I started off so hot, and then just... You Golden State Warriors em- did. Embarrassing. It, you know what? It's okay, because David came in dead last, and we can all agree that's a good thing. I was the yeah. first stepping stone <laughs> that they took to get to the title here. That's okay. I will take that. Yancey Schwebzy. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show tonight. Yancey, obviously you've been on and it's always fun. Schwebzy, I, I thought it was going to be fun with you, but it exceeded my expectations with that. Wow. Thank you. Uh, so Cheers, really appreciate you two gentlemen coming on. Uh, Yancey, do you want to start with plugging whatever you want to plug and say anything you want to say to anybody that's listening? Um, Just uh, take care and be kind to one another. Oh, wait, no, that's a uh, baffle crazy. My bad. Um, uh, How about thanks for listening? No, that's 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 Eno Saris. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter if you want to. I'm just like a PNC. I'm like one of the only ones on there. Uh, I'm a realtor in Southwest Florida. If you guys know of anybody buying or selling, or even if you're in another state and you're looking to buy or sell, get with me. I have partners all over the country. I can help you guys find a home. All those good things. I am contractually obligated to say that 
as long as I give up my time to do podcasts, I promise my wife I would. Um, other than that, thank you for having me. I love you guys. Um, I think I was one of the first people as a guest on the show. Not mm-hmm. entirely sure. It was a while back, but um, I say this every single time I talk to you, but like the growth, just unbelievable. The trajectory, you guys, I love the show. Doc, I give you a hard time all the time, but it's it's out of love. Whenever I nah, don't I like people, it. I just ignore them. So I love you, Yancy. You're a great guy. You're a great yeah. guy. The feeling is it's mutual. Been- and Schwebzy, my 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 blue faced doll, always blue a pleasure. Face. <laughs> or blue eyed doll. I'm having the a rough that, night with the, the words. The, the one that actually has a decent <laughs> podcast studio. I've been holding my breath yeah. for a while, so that's where, that's where that comes from. Schwebzy, <laughs> then. Again, I appreciate you, man. Same to you. If you want to plug anything and uh, say anything before we get out of here. Um, I also agree that you should follow Yancey on Twitter. But uh, if you, for some reason, want to follow me, uh, you can find me at Schwebzi, which is S-H-W-E-B-S-I. And I would also highly recommend uh, following my podcast co-host, who is uh, smarter, funnier, and better looking than I am, at Bunt Singles. And uh, our, our mutual podcast uh, Twitter account, which is in the deep PL. Yeah. And don't put a C in his name because I actually heard no, that the other day. And I was like, to be honest, I actually did that the first time I heard your name too. I looked everyone it up. Everyone does. It's the, it's the Schwarber. Yeah. 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 Oh, and uh, also if if you're into this kind of thing, the whole, the whole uh, stream thing, uh, Sunday nights, uh, like nine, 10 o'clock, we, we do this on my Twitch, which is uh, twitch.tv slash Schwebzy. Yeah. Make sure you check that. They run a great podcast there. Uh, make sure you check that out. So, but for everybody listening, watching, however you consume triple play fantasy content, we appreciate you. Next week, we'll be joined by the entire FTN baseball crew. That is Matty Wood, the Brockness Monster, and Mr. Matt Kerfuffley. Kerf- I don't even, I always Cup, say his name. Cup for Lee. Cup, Cup for I was, Lee. I could call him Kerfuffley. I mean, that's cool too, I guess. Hopefully he'll <laughs> be okay when I call him that. But uh, it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be it's gonna be a fun time there. So until then, everybody, be safe. Enjoy another week of baseball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys next week. <laughs>